And welcome to Season 9, Episode 1 of Cheap Seats, the number one sports podcast produced by the WDBC Dragon Broadcasting Program. Year number two um, that I'm doing it. That's all I got to say. Um, three people on today. How about everyone says hi, introduces yourself really quickly. Uh, hello, I'm Jackson Bellinger, senior. Hello, I'm Dawson. I'm also a senior. I'm Dallas. I'm a junior. So the funny thing about this is, is if you remember last year, we started on Zoom and then we went back or we went in person for a while. We had a bunch of episodes in the um, podcast studio, which is actually right behind me right now. And then um, we went back to Zoom for the last episode. Never expected that we'd be back on Zoom to start season nine, but here we are. Um, all I got to say about season nine is it's going to be a fun season. I'm hoping to get a lot of guests on. I know last year we had Dan Miller. We had um, a couple of other people, but I'd like to get Mr. M- I'd like to get Dan Miller on. Um, and yeah, we've got some really exciting people lined up. With that being said, the first thing I want to start talking about is let's st- get started talking about some NFL football. We are officially four weeks into the season. The only remaining and or the only remaining undefeated team at 4-0 is the Arizona Cardinals. Who do you guys got in the Super Bowl four weeks into the season? Uh, well, the Super Bowl four weeks in the season, I mean, that's a long stretch, but I'd say so far the teams that are looking the best are the Rams, the Packers, and the Buccaneers are probably the three that I'd sort from everyone else just because of how polished or not polished, the Rams are very polished, but just how outstanding they've been from the rest of the competition. And there's a few more teams that you can mix in there maybe in a couple of weeks or after this week. Anyone else? Uh, no, I really agree with Jackson there. I mean, the Rams are looking really polished this year um, with the quarterback, Matthew Stafford, kind of being that guy that they needed. And – Bucks are just looking amazing this year again. And Green Bay's looking like their old selves with Rodgers coming in and Devontae Adams and all those guys are just fitting in nicely. Yep. Mm-hmm. One of the things I don't like about the Rams, and I'm, I'm, I would say the same thing about the Buccaneers the last two weeks, is last Sunday against the Cardinals at home was that their – their team really looked flat. Their offense really couldn't move. They couldn't finish drives. And their defense, their defense is what's been that calling card for them. Um, so far this year, they've allowed 99 points with 1,587 um, total yards allowed. Completion percentage is 71.2%. Passer rating of 92.3. And yeah, they lost a bunch of really good players. They lost uh, Michael Brockers. He went to Detroit. They lost a couple of other players, key players off that defense. But I really think that the Rams need to step up on defense. And then Jackson, I know you met, mentioned the Buccaneers. It's been it's yeah. been injuries that's kind of killed their. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is so uh, go ahead. That's what I was just uh, saying. Is like uh, we had uh, Gronkowski's injury that really just kind of threw the offense off. I mean, you yeah. have Gronkowski in that game against yep. uh, New England, and that mm-hmm. scores that score margin is probably a lot bigger. Well, I mean, also you gotta give 
props to Mac Jones in that offense as well. And really that defense to neutralize Tom Brady. And the same thing with the Rams. Don't get me wrong saying the Rams are still a good team. I could see the Rams making a clear cut chase at the NFC West title and even into the Super Bowl. But I just four weeks in, I don't see them being one of the four, one of the two teams remaining. Mm-hmm. A team I forgot to throw in when I first started was the Buffalo. I mean, they're <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, they had one, I guess, unlucky loss. But since then, it's just been not only have they won every game, but it has been, con- it's been very blowout wins by like twenty plus. Now Dawson's gonna hate me saying this because for whatever reason he does not like the Bills. We're not gonna go into that today. That'll probably be uncovered sometime in this season but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit biased I really am because I root for Buffalo I want to see them win but the thing about their defense they're the only team in the NFL I think they're the fourth team in the modern era football to have two shutouts within the first four weeks of the season they shut out Miami and they shut out Houston and yeah, Miami was without Tua. They clearly have some issues on offense. And then Houston's just Houston. But still, it's an NFL offense. The thing that's going to be the true test against Kansas City, I think the offense is going to be just take care of business. But it's how are the Bills going to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes? How are they going to be able to uh, stop Terry Hill? How are they going to be able to stop what? Travis Kelsey? Uh, Mr. Steele, yes. uh, stop there for a minute. Uh, Let's just be real here. The Buffalo okay. Bills are probably by record in the worst division in the AFC so far this year. And I can agree with that. I can agree they're, with that. They're, they're almost three games up on their second play, their, most of their competition. All the other three teams in the AFC East are right one now are one and three. Yeah. The Bills so are three and one. At, at the end of the day, you're playing in the easiest division, and – Probably I mean, the easiest division in football. Well, that's that can be arguable, but I mean, at which the end di- of the which day, which division do you think's better? And AFC North. Okay, what sit- what division Browns? do you think's worse than what division do you think's worse than the AFC East? That's what I meant. AFC East. Well, Cowboys are clearly looking like a Super Bowl favorite as well. Yeah, but who else in that division is actually looking decent this year? Nobody. True, true. I think the but Giants could turn around. What, I think the Washington could I'm turn around. To, but that's what a lot I'm of trying. Ifs. What, I, what I'm trying to get at here is, yeah, the Bills are like they have a decent record, but once they start playing somebody, they're going to get in trouble. Just like, just like that week one, you know, versus Whoa. Pittsburgh. Okay, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is one and three. Yes, and. Yes. You lose to Pittsburgh, you're probably going to lose to Kansas City, you're probably going to lose to – Not, mean, necess- not necessarily. Not necessarily. Well, Kansas City. The team, the team has made hey, hey, tremendous finish. improvements since that week one loss. The thing that lost them was the was play calling. That's what lost them. Brian Dabble did not know how to call an, NF- or an NFL offense. He clearly showed that he was trying to get too fancy with it, and that's what caused him to lose. This game against Kansas City is going to be a shootout, Dawson. Well, you realize that Kansas City should be Owen, Owen, you know, they, one and three. Yeah, yes. Owen, yeah, but you do have to realize that 
it's literally four weeks in the season. Yes. And the Bills are in probably the easiest division in the AFC. Yes, which means they should get an easy ride. Okay, Dawson, let me ask you this. Who from the AFC could you see come playoff time traveling to Buffalo and beating the Bills on the road? Kansas City, can't Cleveland, no. That yeah, Cle- they, that they, they, they were, they were the eighth, offense. They were eighth seed last year, went okay. into Heinz Field, stunned the Steelers that were number the, three. Probably the most overrated team in the football in football. But it's not hard to win at Heinz Field. Okay, it's not easy to win in, in any stadium. That's really not an excuse. But the only team and now like let me repeat this. I am 100% biased here, just like you're biased towards the Browns. But there's really no team that can travel to Highmark Stadium and beat them. The only two that I could think yeah, of Pittsburgh. are the Chief, Chiefs. Well, that's because of play calling. That's because of week one play calling. Well, the only them, two teams, the only two teams that could travel into Buffalo come the winter and play in the snow, in the cold, with the wind in Buffalo are the Chiefs and possibly the Chargers. How about the Ravens? Well, the Bills' defense held the Ravens to three points last year in the playoffs. So, so you, so you think a team from California is going to fare really good in the cold weather? I think Justin Herbert could do just fine in it. Okay, but I do respect what you're saying about the Bills having an easy schedule because after the Chiefs Titans, both by the way, are Monday night or their Sunday night football and Monday night f- football. They play the Dolphins, Jaguars, Jets. Three weeks in a row. Those are three basically easy wins. I hope Zach Wilson beats them. Zach Wilson is not going to beat them. I think the win against Tennessee is a fluke win. I I don't think the Jets. I think the Jets maybe have three to four wins this year. The teams I can see them beating are. Let me pull up the Jets schedule. Really quickly. Off the top of my head, I could see them possibly beating Miami once. Now, now going back on it, like with the whole with the whole Bills and Chiefs thing, I, I do agree the Chiefs do have a very good chance of beating Buffalo, but it goes both ways, both very good offenses, both like you have Diggs, you have Tyreek, both very big game receivers right there. Right. And and oh, then you have ahead, both Alex, amazing quarterbacks. I mean, Josh. I still take, Allen, I still take Patrick Mahomes over. I think like, Patrick Mahomes, listen to me. I take Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen. Right now. I completely agree with you. I completely mm-hmm. agree with you. Right now. Yeah. I take Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Tyree Hill over Stefan Diggs. But what other pass catcher? The Bills probably have the best wide receiver room in the NFL. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm saying it's one of the best. Between Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, by the way, has been a tremendous pickup. Gabe Davis. You have Isaiah McKenzie, who can do kickoff and punt returns. You have um, Stefan Diggs. Those are four average to above average wide receivers. I I just got to say, you can't even forget about the tight end who has shown up this year. Dawson Knox. He's played amazing what you've seen from him. 
Yes. He is playing okay. amazing. Okay, going back to the Jets for a second, I could see them beating the Falcons, both one and three. I could see them being the Dolphins or Patriots once. Jets or Texans, Eagles, I could see them beating. I could see them being Jacksonville. So what's that? Five wins? And let's let's be honest, it's the Jets. They're going to lose one of those games eventually. So that's getting them at three to four wins this year. I, I don't know what that rant came up on, but it just came up. I completely agree on that. The Jets just have a history of being unlucky. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. either an injury happens and it makes one side of the ball worse, or if it just happens to be that one guy just ends up not playing like he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. You've just seen it consistently from the Jets, and I, I'll probably place him with three or four wins as well. But, again, I – don't really see them beating New England this year, especially with the game that New England put up against the Bucs. It was a great game. Again, there was – I mean, it was a tight game through and yes. through. Yes. It could have gone either way at any point. Yes. But I just don't see the Jets beating New England right now. I mean, Mac Jones kind of is that fitting spot for quarterback for them. Great offensive line. I mean, just don't see them really beating New England. Kind of moving on, who are some names we should be looking forward or kind of like listening to in the MVP conversation? MVP conversation, you know. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, I would say he's he's up there. He's definitely up there. Okay. You know, who else? he's been a big surprise, but um, who else? Probably, maybe I don't know. Let's see, who have we had show up recently? Who have been some really big guys in the and NFL? Other it's than really been Matthew Stafford is the one that stuck out the most to uh, me and a lot of other people. Can I throw a name into the hat really quickly? Go ahead. I got two. I got two. First of all, plays in the same division as Matthew Stafford. Just beat Matt Stafford on the road. I'm going with Kyler Murray. I'm not saying he's going to win it. But listen to some of these. Listen to some of these stats for Kyler Murray right now, four weeks into the season, okay? He's sitting at 102 completions at 134 attempts. That's good enough for a 76.1 completion percentage. Highest in his career, by the way. 1,273 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions, 9.5 yards per attempt, 12.5 yards per completion, 318.3 yards per game, 115 QBR average. All Basically, all those stats I named are on pace to be a career best. Another name I want to throw is um, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers isn't having as good of a season as he had last year. He's had 80% completion percentage, or sorry, 64.5% completion percentage, 897 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, 48 first downs. He's been sacked eight times, QBR of 100.8. But it's Aaron Rodgers. We know he's going to show up towards the end of the season. I don't think we can take his name out of the hat. And then I'll just throw in two obvious – 
I'll throw in two obvious names, Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think yeah. that's what the race is going to be. Let me throw in one more guy that's a non-quarterback player. I'm throwing in Derrick Henry. He rushed for 2,000 yards last year. I don't think he will hit that 2,000-yard mark again. I think it's safe to say he's going to be between that 15 to 1750 range this year, which, by the way, is a still really impressive mark by a running back. And I think he will be in the conversation again this year. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just agreeing. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a quarterback this year, but Derrick Henry will probably be the best non-quarterback player in the ballot for MVP as he was last year. And I, as I agree, I don't think he'll hit the 2000 again, but, or 2,500 again, I think it was, but he'll definitely get a lot of rushing yards and probably be the best non-quarterback in the league by the end of the year. Yeah. Yep. Completely agree with that. But again, I feel like it's a little bit too early in the season to really tell how some of these players are going to perform under pressure when it comes down to it. But, you know, really all those guys are top tier guys. They are all guys that have done it before and have shown up this year. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Let me throw another hat name into the ring really quickly. Lamar Jackson. I I agree with that because he's been showing off a lot more of that arm while being able to still run the football. Go ahead. Um, I don't know about this year, but as uh, Dallas said, he has improved his throwing ability a lot. And I think he continues to do that. Maybe not this year, but next year I could definitely see him as a top pick. The thing about Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to be straightforward when I say this, I've always viewed Lamar Jackson as a run-first quarterback. He reminds me of a Michael Vick, Cam Newton type of quarterback. And I think that's just because of the offense Craig Roman had around him in Baltimore. But you lose guys like Gus Edwards, like J.K. Dobbins. You really don't have that leading rusher in Baltimore, so you got to start relying on that pass game. And I think that's why we're starting to see the passing ability from Lamar Jackson come out more. But one thing I want to talk about is his athleticism. I've been watching a lot more of the Ravens this year, you know, been a lot more in primetime. They got another primetime game next week, uh, Monday night, against the Colts in Baltimore. Um but just his athleticism, I say this, I remember saying the same thing about Pat Mahomes in 2017, the year he won Rookie of the Year, the year he just, just the way he was able to extend plays, get out of the pocket, be able to throw on the run. And now Lamar Jackson, I'm not comparing Lamar Jackson to Pat Mahomes. I think they're two completely different players. But just Lamar Jackson's ability to, you know, escape the pocket, to evade defenders. We saw it against um, Buffalo last year in the playoffs, just his before the concussion. But just his ability to extend plays is astronomical. And I think that's what's going to make him a really good quarterback for many years to come. And even going off on his athleticism, however you say that word, you know. What word? Athleticism. There we go. Athleticism. Good job, Dallas. Thank you. But, like, his change of direction is just so amazing. Same thing with Mahomes. Exactly. Like, those two guys, you even throw Josh Allen in there. 
There was someone that apparently needed to dial 6,000. Yep. But even throwing Josh Allen in there, these guys are some of the best, mm-hmm. like, rushing quarterbacks. And even though Lamar is faster than both of them, Josh Allen has shown that he has the ability to put his head down, put his shoulder down, and put somebody on the ground. That's the name I was going to bring up again. And then Mahomes has shown that he is an elite passer and just a smart player in general. Like, he has shown that he knows when to run and when to throw the ball. Again, saying both of them, all three of them, have have that ability – and Lamar has definitely been improving that ability to know when to run and when to throw the ball. The thing about Josh Allen is he was a lot like Big Ben was when Big Ben was younger in the league. And Allen, you really see him improving on this a lot. It's just his ability to know when to go down and not to take a hit. Like Allen, when he came up, he wanted to be, you know, that tough guy, win it for the team, get every yard possible. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing about Allen is you don't need to be that guy. Just be, protect yourself, go out of bounds, go down. He's been doing that a lot more. He's been doing that a lot better. I think it's just his football IQ is getting a lot better. And just, I think it's also because of his supporting cast. His rookie year. His receivers were Robert Woods, Zay Jones, um, um, Kelvin Benjamin. But now he's got Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, um, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox. He's got Devin Singletary out of the backfield. Not saying Singletary's a really good running back. I think he's average at best. But you're really starting to see that offense kind of form around him and kind of get to know each other. The same thing with the defense for Buffalo. It's just consistency, and that's what's really good about Buffalo is they're keeping their coaching. Not only are they keeping their coaching staff in check or the same guys there every year, it's the same thing with their players. I don't think there is one. Jacob Cregan, please return to the main office. Jacob Cregan, please return to the main office. As I was saying, there might have been one or two new guys on that defense besides Greg Ruscio, who we um, who they drafted. But, like, some of the same guys, you know, your Ed Oliver, your Trey White, your um, Taron Johnson, your Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, I can go on and on. They don't got one superstar on that team. They got a lot of good players on that team. And that's what's going to make a really good defense is, yes, you're going to have your superstars, but it's just everyone comes together and just forms that one really good unit. We don't got superstars on that unit. We got a superstar unit, if that makes sense. I get what you're saying by that. Um, one one team I do want to bring up though that is definitely the Seahawks. You know, they have a great team, good receivers, great quarterback, okay. a good running back in Chris Carson, and their defense is looking really good. Okay. Like, I feel like if they play well the rest of the year, if they play very good, if they keep what they're doing. And keep in if they just win, if they can just keep winning games, it's like they have a chance to maybe make playoffs, you know. Yep. I don't see them as a Super Bowl team as like the last two, but I definitely see them making playoffs and maybe making it to that almost. The Seahawks are two and two right now. They beat the 49ers this past weekend, 2021 lost to Minnesota, and they lost to Tennessee. 
Minnesota is a lot better of a team than I think their record is showing right now. And I think once they're able to pit all the pieces together, they're going to be a really good team. But the thing about Seattle is I think it's the ongoing drama with Russell Wilson. Does he want to be here? Does he not want to be here? Type of thing where it was with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. Oh, where, yeah, I agree with that. Where, don't get me wrong, DK Metcalf is probably a top 10 receiver. Tyler, Rock, Tyler Lockett is probably top 20. They got a really good – they got an average at best offensive line. Like you said, good running back. I couldn't even tell you who their tight end is. But the thing that question, that's the biggest question for me, is their consistency on defense. The big thing we saw about them last year is they were not consistent on defense. They blew it against the Rams in the playoffs. And I just, I, for me, there's too many question marks about the Seahawks right now. I completely agree with you. But again, we've seen it before where they have a lot of question marks. Yes. Because again, their offensive line is not looking good. It's, it's, Inconsistent. But again, as Will as Russell Wilson, he knows this. He's known it for a while. Yes. But he he knows he he's a big improviser. He knows yes. when to make a play. He knows how to make the play. Yep. I and agree. with that big receiver in Metcalf, again, we've seen it last year, just able to go up, get above defenders, and make catches. And even just keep the play going and muscling defenders off of him. Or even the play DK Metcalf made against Buda Baker, where he exactly. ran him down after the interception. He showed his speed right there. He's shown that he is not. He showed his commitment to this play and that he's not going to give up either. Exactly. And again, their defense has a whole lot of questions right now. But Jamal having Jamal Adams, having Wagner, it's it's a good start, you know. For sure, for sure. But again, if their offense can just come out and uh-huh. score points and their defense can just hold a little bit better than what they have been this year, it will they you will definitely see them maybe making playoffs. Before we wrap everything up, I want to talk a little bit of college football. I'm not ignoring you, Dallas. You made a lot of good points there. But who do you think right now are some teams that could make a run to the college football players and even a national championship? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been looking good. Um, Bama has been looking good. Bama. That's the obvious um, choice. Yeah. Michigan, one of the most surprising ones. They're not good enough. I don't exactly. think I, I completely agree, but if they keep this play up that they've been doing, uh-huh. I think they have a chance. I got two teams in mind. You ready for these two teams? Let's hear them. Penn State no. and Georgia. No. Georgia's a month. No. Obviously. I think Georgia no. at this point is I'm not gonna say a lock in like Things can happen that go downhill. You realize if Penn State loses this weekend, it's done. Why? Because they're playing Iowa. True. True. Iowa's another good one. Iowa's Iowa's number four. Uh, Penn State's four. Iowa's five, I believe. Either one or the way. Something like that, yeah. But look at some of these teams that Penn State has beaten. They beat Wisconsin on the road. We know Wisconsin's it's not, not easy good. to go into. We know it's not easy to go into Wisconsin and win on the road. 
controversy aside, they still came out with a win, Dawson. When you look at Penn State's schedule, it says a win. They beat Ball State. A lot of teams are going to beat Ball State. Auburn's 4-1, they beat them. They beat Villanova, and last week they beat Indiana. And like you said, I, I completely agree with you. This matchup against Iowa is going to be a big testimonial to how good truly is this Penn State team. And I think if I – if, if, this is a big if. If they can beat Iowa, I think they have a shot at no, the college football but, playoffs. But you do realize that they still have to – they played Michigan later yes. down the road too. And yes. I bet you if I had to guess, well, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they can't beat Iowa, they won't beat Michigan. Michigan's not as good of a team than Iowa is, though, in my opinion. Um, the only thing Iowa really has is a good defense, and that's it. I mean, you also you also gotta score points to be five and up. Yeah, but their defense is the one that's you know. Yep. If the other team can't score, that's why they're blowing everybody out. Yep. Because no, I, I, I completely agree with I completely agree with you, Dawson. I get where you're coming from. The only two teams that I think have both a great offense and a great defense are the two teams that are one and two right now, and there's no other team like them. Yeah. <clears throat> Another team we're not talking about as much. Um, Oregon, they got upset by Stanford. I think that's Brought their that's chances on, to a minimum. On, that's on Oregon. That that really brought their chances. That really showed that their defense cannot step up to the plate in big moments. But I think going towards their credit as they upset Ohio State. You gotta you gotta give them a lot of credit to be able to beat Ohio State. Um, another team that we Dawson mentioned, Cincinnati. Um, Iowa's another team that could possibly do it. But yeah, I mean, but we said the same thing about the NFL. It's really too early to tell who's going to come out on top. Well, I will say this: Cincinnati probably plays in the easiest conference, and they have an eighty-five percent win percentage for the remainder of their schedule, which is the highest of any other team that's currently in the top ten. Yep, I agree. All right, that'll wrap up episode one of Cheap Seats. Anything else you guys want to say? Um, nothing okay well that's gonna wrap up episode one of cheap seats um yeah that's all i gotta say